This is Bulls Beat on USF Bulls Unlimited. Each weekday morning, Bulls Beat is your stop for exclusive interviews, highlights, and the very latest on all sports at the University of South Florida. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. Hello, and on this abbreviated version of Bulls Beat, get ready to hear the word Wichita a few times as both the men and women's basketball teams are playing against the Shockers this weekend. I will be in Wichita, Kansas with the women for the Saturday afternoon game, and the men are at home against the Shockers who lost last night to Cincinnati. We'll tell you about both teams, obviously, here in the next 10 minutes. Yeah, it'll be a shorter show today. Before we get into our basketball game previews, we will give you some football here. Brett Keen, remember the name? Former quarterback for the Bulls for three seasons. Had a couple of moments. In fact, I knew that in my first season here with USF Bulls Unlimited, the 2017 season, he was on the team and played a few snaps and then actually got into the game. This was back in 2018 when the Bulls were off to that 7-0 start and you know what happened. But uh, they, in their third of that six-game losing streak, had a very competitive game against Cincinnati and Brett Keen was part of it. The kid from Ohio always did well against Cincinnati. Here comes Brett Keen. So Keen playing in his second game. He's three out of seven. And he will be the quarterback for the Bulls here with a first and ten. Ball marked on the 25 after the fair catch. He'll go from right to left, and Keen will throw on first down. He's got Wilcox and he's out past the 30, so that's a seven-yard pickup. From the 40, he's got Mitchell Wilcox. He gets around to tackle, gets down the sideline. He's into Cincinnati territory at about the 40. So Keene, under pressure, throws off the back foot and put it right in the hands of Wilcox. It's an 18-yard gain to the Bearcat 42. Going to throw on second and six. Great protection. Throws it long. He's got a man. It's Mitchell Wilcox. Diving catch. Touchdown, USF. 38 yards, Brett Keene to Mitchell Wilcox. And the Bulls take the lead back. Hey, Jim, I don't know if you saw that like I saw it, but Brett Keene fired that. he It was a cannon. He was looking on the other side of the field, turned his shoulders to Mitchell Wilcox, and threw it. His release was so fast. It was such a beautiful pass, and Mitchell had no, he had no choice but to reel it in. That was a great drive by the USF's offense, and it's given them a tremendous amount of momentum moving to the middle of the second quarter. How about this? Two touchdown passes, one from Oladokun, one from Keene, and the Bulls lead 16-14. to 14. Yeah, there was a lot to unpack there because Blake Barnett, you may or may not recall, was injured the week before, so they were going between Chris Oladokun and Brett Keene, who in his previous year of action had gone 6 of 7 against Cincinnati career highs the Bulls would lose that game but the reason I'm bringing you Brett Keen highlights you figured there might be a reason he is now on Alex Golish's staff as a senior defensive analyst that's why I had to double check to make sure it was the same Brett Keen he played quarterback he would finish up his last season in college as a quarterback at Charlotte started in the first game there before taking a back seat and becoming a coach with the Charlotte 49ers that first year, a grad assistant technically, then he would head to Independence Community College where, again, he coached the quarterback position. After that, 
Akron in the spring of 22 before joining FAU last year as a defensive analyst, primarily working with their defensive coordinator, whose name is Todd Orlando and, of course, is now the Bulls' defensive coordinator. So there's your connection. Very cool to see Alex Golish go with a former Bulls quarterback and very interesting to see that he is working on now the defensive side. I guess if you're a quarterback, you know what is coming, right? A couple other notes. Former Bulls offensive line coach Alan Mogridge. We love Coach Mo the last three years here. He is now the East Carolina offensive line coach. And it's not official or anything like that, but just pointing it out that it is out in the social media world that Brian Batte is entering the transfer portal if and when we learn that he indeed goes to a different place, we will definitely tell you about that right here. Bulls have already lost Jaron Mangum to the transfer portal, Jimmy Horn Jr., and Xavier Weaver, so they've got some returners, but obviously some newcomers are going to be playing a big role in Alex Golish's offense. Now on to basketball. Tomorrow afternoon, we will be inside the Charles Koch Arena in Wichita. The Bulls will be going up against the Shockers, who are 11-4 and overall, 1-1 one one in conference. They lost a 7-point fourth quarter lead at Tulsa on Wednesday night, fell 70 to 63. Before that, they beat Cincinnati last Friday at home, 61-49. They had a program record start this year of 7-1, and the only loss coming to Omaha in overtime on the road. They did win the LMU Thanksgiving Classic out in California, another overtime game, three of their first five went OT. They beat Montana and then the host, Loyola Marymount. They did go to St. Louis and come away with a three-point win. Their second loss was to a very good Kansas team on the road by 20, and they also lost to Wyoming by five at home. They did lose their top two three-point shooters, Mariah McCauley and Carla Bremo, due to graduation, and they lost due to transfer their point guard, Seraphine Baston, who is now with Jacksonville. However, they did return several of their key performers from last year, including just a force on the glass, Jane Ascende. She averages nearly 11 points and more than 11 rebounds per game, 47 on the offensive end. Their rebounding margin is top 25 in the country. Then again, the Bulls is a top 20 rebounding margin, so that'll be a key portion of the game. Also, you would think that the Bulls would have the advantage from the perimeter. Wichita basically only makes four threes per contest. I said they lost their top shooters. Their opponents more like seven and a half, and that really bit them the other night against Tulsa as the Golden Hurricane went five for nine on threes in the fourth quarter in coming back for a seven-point win, while Wichita at the same time was not able to make any threes. Their top scorer has been DJ McCarty. She's averaging 13 points per game for the guard, and underneath, Trajada Colbert has had a career-type season, averaging 12.5 points and nearly eight boards per game. So underneath, could be more of a challenge for the Bulls center, Dulce Fankamengiadu, but maybe at the guard position is where the Bulls can take advantage. It's always a tough environment. We'll be on the air at 245 from Wichita on Saturday afternoon. Then on Sunday afternoon, hopefully you can make it to the Yingling Center. The men looking for their first conference win, for that matter. The Wichita men looking for their first conference win as last night they fell to 0-3. But you know what? Cincinnati just has great success in Wichita. This was a stunning stat. Since the American Athletic Conference began, make it 5-1 and one now for Cincinnati in Wichita. 5-1. and one. The rest of the league in Wichita is 8-31. and 31. So the Bearcats just have this supreme confidence level. They go there, and they led at halftime 39-22, going 8-for-19 on threes in the first half. 
they would only go five for 10 in the second half. That's right, 13 of 29 on threes. The Bearcats actually shot better from three-point land than from inside the perimeter, and the one that really jumped out was Jeremiah Davenport. Now, he's a guy who averaged 13 points a game last year, but had been struggling this year coming off the bench, had not hit more than three threes. He went six for nine, played 30 minutes, and scored 22 points. Wichita State only got it down to within eight with about a minute to go. It was way too late. Now, one positive for them is they got back in obviously full health their point guard, Craig Porter Jr., who completely missed the first conference game and then played sparingly in the second conference game, a somewhat head-scratching loss by 10 at home to East Carolina. But then again, just told you that he, really their leader, had been dinged up. Well, last night he played the full 40 minutes, 19 points, 7 rebounds, only 1 assist, which was a little bit of a curiosity for the team's point guard. But then again, this game was filled with statistical curiosity, starting with the assist situation, just 4 in 22 field goal makes. And yet, Wichita State had a 2-1 to assist-to-turnover ratio. That's right, the Shockers only turned it over two times, tying the school record. And they only committed seven fouls for the whole game. You think about it, every single basketball game I can think of, at least men's basketball, a team gets into the bonus, if not double bonus, every single half. Seven total, of course. Seven is what it takes to get into the bonus one time around. Problem was, it was because Cincinnati was just hanging out in the arc and making more shots. So I don't know if the Bulls are going to get as many clean looks at the perimeter, but we'll find out on Sunday afternoon. Both teams looking for their first conference win. Both have dropped exactly a game below 500 overall. Now, you could have seen it coming a little bit with Wichita this year because they almost lost everybody. Craig Porter Jr., we talked about him did lead them in assists last year, but was their fifth leading scorer. Their top scorer, Tyson Etienne, went to the pros. Their number two guy, who was kind of their super sub, Ricky Council. Yeah, he's not subbing for Arkansas. He's leading the Razorbacks in scoring at 18 points a game. Nine players hit the transfer portal, so 11 of their 13 regulars are newcomers. And you look at some of Wichita's, frankly, close losses as opposed to their wins, and you know that they are competitive. They got beat by Missouri, but if you haven't noticed, Missouri is in the top 20 and has only lost two games, and that was 88-84 in overtime. Also, they lost to Kansas State 55-50 in Manhattan, uh, keeping that one close against a team that's 13-1. So I'm guessing it'll be another one that goes down to the wire, and hopefully the Bulls can pull it off on Sunday. And we'll recap it for you on Monday's Bulls Beat, but that's going to wrap up this Friday version. Horns up this weekend. I'm Derek Sharp. We're all about the University of South Florida, but we also want to keep you informed on the Bulls' conference opponents. That's why three times a week we go around the American. With today's show, here's Derek Sharp. Just a quick sweep around the basketball results from the last couple of days. We'll also sprinkle in some other news and remind you that next week we'll have some other sports to speak about, including tennis, getting going, golf, not too long after that. And then next month, baseball and softball. So we'll have much more to give you here on Around the American. We'll also give you some coaching news when we get it. Cincinnati's new football coach, Scott Satterfield, of course, from Louisville, is actually keeping one of their defensive coaches. They announced that, the defensive line coach and former star defensive lineman for Cincinnati, Walt Stewart, is hanging around as a defensive assistant. UCF named its offensive coordinator, Darren Hinshaw. That sounds familiar. Yeah, he was a quarterback for the Knights. Way back in the 90s, got them into the 1AA playoffs. He has since been a coach for 23 years, which is hard to believe. 
and now he is Gus Malzahn's offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. Now on to basketball, where the Houston Cougars are pretty scary. Drace Walker with 23 points and 10 rebounds. Marcus Sasser had 7 assists, and Houston just destroyed SMU 87-53. to Mustangs took a 2-0 lead. Why am I going way back to a 2-0 lead? Well, because that apparently angered Houston to the point where it would score the next 24 points. That's right. 24-0 run. Kind of setting the tone for how that one would end up. 49-23 was the final score. Walker would get 18 of his points in the first half. The Cougars now 15-1 overall, 3-0 in the league. We told you on Bulls beat about what happened last night in Wichita with Cincinnati winning 70-61, to with Cincinnati going to 11-5 and 2-1 and in the conference. Right now, in the conference anyway, UCF, way too early, granted, is picked to be the second team and right on the NCAA bubble even before Memphis, thanks to its strong non-conference schedule and results. UCF picking up a win on Wednesday night, a close one, though, in Greenville, 64-61, getting 30 points from C.J. Kelly. This game was close, really, throughout. Also on Wednesday, Tulane beats Tulsa 93-77 for its second conference win. After beating Memphis last week and putting up 90-plus points, they do it again. And it's all about the Jalens with them. Jalen Cook had 24 points, Jalen Forbes with 20. This Green Wave team is fun to watch and a dangerous one. Meanwhile, Tulsa, the lowest computer-ranked team in the conference, falls to 4-10 and and 0-3. And in the league. And that brings to mind a very interesting matchup on Saturday at 2 o'clock on ESPN Plus. Tulane heads to Philly. Temple is 3 0 in the league. Memphis also at 2 o'clock hosting East Carolina. Then on Sunday, along with our 1 o'clock game, USF hosting Wichita. UCF, you would expect, will go to 3 1 in the league. Remember, their one loss was a close one at Houston. UCF hosts SMU. That's on ESPNU at 2 o'clock. And then Houston at Cincinnati will be an ESPN game at 3 o'clock. For the women, one game last night, but pretty significant. Again, Houston started off 3-10, heading into league play, but with many heartbreaking close losses, 3 in overtime. You knew they were bound for some good fortune. Now, things are going in their direction. They jumped ahead of Tulane early and held on in New Orleans, 59-56. So Houston's overall record is 5-10. Tulane's overall record is 10-5. You flip them, but you also flip them as far as conference goes. Houston 2-0. Tulane, who the Bulls beat last Friday, 0-2. Houston was led by Louisiana native, former LSU player T.R. Young, 19 points and 9 rebounds. They had 6 blocks in the first half. Tulane just couldn't get it going. And even though the Cougars did not hit a field goal in the last 340, they did make 7 free throws as Tulane got it to within 2, similar to what they did against the Bulls last Friday, but Houston wins it. 59 to 56. Updated net rankings, by the way, dropped Tulane two spots to 65. Bulls are at 36, the only two league teams that are in the top 80, even though you have SMU, Tulsa, and Memphis all in that 80 range. And to that point tonight, two of those teams square off in Memphis with the Tigers hosting the Mustangs. SMU was able to shake off that loss to Houston last weekend by beating UCF on Tuesday night. 61 to 51. Mustangs actually beat the Knights without hitting a three in that game. They were 0 for 8. They're only 13 of 21 on free throws. UCF just does not have much going offensively with its new look roster. So it'll make this one interesting Saturday. Tulsa, which is the best shooting team in the league, is in Orlando. That's a one o'clock start. So we'll know the final of that one before our game starts in Wichita. 
Temple at Cincinnati is the 2 o'clock game. And the only Sunday offering is Tulane at East Carolina. So we'll sum all of those up for you on Monday's show. That'll wrap up this version of Around the American. I'm Derek Sharp.